0: and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks and God bless. We are continuing our Friends series. We're going through 1 John. and we, We've talked about how John was best friends with Jesus, which is just mind-boggling to think of something in that way. And really, this whole series is coming from that relationship that John had with Jesus and from Jesus' own words in John chapter 15, where he says, I don't call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But from now on, I'm calling you friends because you do know what I'm doing. And to be in such a relationship with God that we actually know what God is doing is what Jesus is all about. Remember, the whole of this gospel that we believe in is not about forgiveness. It's about friendship. Forgiveness is the pathway to that friendship. But really, it's about communion with God. It's about a relationship with God, not just about getting your sins forgiven, There is so much more. Don't stop there. That was just the doorway that we're supposed to cross into. And so this is what this whole dynamic is about, that John has really been laying through the foundations of these things in 1 John. And so Grandpa John, remember, he's probably in his 90s, maybe, 80 years old, he's up there in years, is at the end of his life and he's writing these final words trying to convey the things that are most important. And so we're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 28. We covered some of these last week, but we're going to springboard from them onto the rest of the passage. In verse 15, it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. So now many antichrists have come. Therefore, know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father, and whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. always expect people to get up and walk out at that point well what am i here for okay but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie just as it has taught you abide in him in verse 28 and now little children abide in him so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming Father, we do pray that you would touch our hearts through these words, that you would draw us closer to yourself, Lord, that you would illuminate the path before us that you have us to walk in, Lord. I thank you again for your faithfulness and even as we've read, for your spirit's work that teaches us. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. You know, life is a succession of decisions. The decisions we make start to determine and unfold the life that we live or the decisions others people make can have an effect on our life as well. If you're close to someone, they make a bad decision, you might have to, to bear that decision. You know, if you're married and your spouse uses the credit card too much, you're gonna have to bear that decision, Right? or or anything like that, or, or friends that you have that may say something, do something that hurts you. We are a byproduct of all the decisions that we make. And as John has been writing, he's talking about these people who are really trying to take away from the most important things of this gospel that Jesus is not enough, that there needs to be more. And you see, there's consequences to that decision. If you start to, to stray from what the truth is concerning Christ, then you're really gonna be open to a lot of other issues and a lot of other problems. And so John is really trying to get us to understand how do we live and how do we walk in a way that stays close in this friendship with Jesus? How do we conduct ourselves so that when the, the things in the daily happenings of life don't take us away, don't steer us from those things? How many times have there been decisions that we've made where we look back and we say, if I wouldn't have made this decision, it wouldn't have cost me these years of my life or this area of hurt how many times if I would have been a little bit wiser I could have saved myself from a lot of hurt My wife and I were able to go to the Celebrate Recovery Summit at Saddleback Church on Thursday and We actually got to meet John Baker, the the guy who started it. My son worked there, and he took us back. And he goes, hey, this is my dad. And I'm like, hey, it's John Baker. Um, And then I trained his son's dog, by the way, too. So I was like, yeah, I'm I'm in with the family. Um, But we went there, and we got to hear some amazing stories and testimonies about people whose lives have just been destroyed by decisions they made but then by the grace of God, being able to make other decisions towards Christ that actually lifted them up. Last weekend, my daughter, she's an EMT, and she was working at an event. It was a giant rave, and I don't know if you read about this in the paper. Is it here? Nope, it's not there. There was an event where three people died at the event because of probably drug use, could be some dehydration. But you see, they were deciding to go to an event to have a good time. They ended up abusing their bodies with drugs of some kind, ecstasy or who knows what, and they didn't make it out because of a decision. And you probably know people or maybe this is ringing true of you that there's times where, man, I I was in this situation and I was really tempted to do something at the Celebrate Recovery. There's a lot of people who have struggled with different addictions and different habits. And, And so you hear these stories and a lot of them are still having to make those decisions daily where, you know, I abused drugs and I did these things. And so now I'm trying to walk this life, but there's still the temptation. I know one person who who left that lifestyle of using drugs. And as soon as he committed his life to Jesus says, man, Jesus, I'm following you. He's walking down the street and there on the ground is the drug that he's been using just by chance, right? It's like when he's using, he can't find it to save his life, but when he gives it up, there it is. What are the chances of that? What's going on? And how do I I stay true to this commitment when I'm being pulled? And that was that whole idea, don't love the world. Don't love something that is alienated from God. Be committed to God, to these things. And what he's trying to do is bring us into this dynamic of the relationship. How can we live our lives and not make those mistakes that will cost us so much? And it starts by living well, as opposed to that attitude and outlook away from God. And what he's really driving home in these verses is about that relationship. In verse 18, we see he says, Children. It is the last hour, and as you have heard, that Antichrist is coming. When you see the word Antichrist, because of where we are in Western society, you might be thinking of a movie that you saw, you know, like a Left Behind series or whatever they're called now. But realize that Antichrist is anti-Messiah. That's the Hebrew. Christ is messiah it is anointed one and so it is something that is against the anointed one i don't believe that john is trying to give us some information about the end times so much as he's trying to give us information about an attitude that is taking place at the last hour which is the time when christ is so let's for the sake of helping our minds grasp maybe what he's saying because i think he really plays on this let's instead of saying antichrist say anti-Messiah. It really is the same thing, okay? You have heard that anti-Messiah is coming, so now many anti-Messiahs have come. Anti-Messiahs, people who have taken away from Jesus or have said that they are. Now think about this, right? You're in the first century. Jesus has shaken the world, taken by storm. He has risen from the dead, which is amazing. But then he left. And so there is no more Jesus, but there are all these followers, but there are always opportunists. Jesus is gone, but you know what? I can step in. Hey, I'm back, right? And now they start taking, yeah, I'm taking this, message of Jesus further. And so you don't have the internet. You don't have, you know, cell phones. Hey, look at what this guy says. He's Jesus. You just hear someone says, oh, I hear that the Messiah, the anointed one is back. Yeah. He's down in Galilee again. Really? Well, maybe we should go check it out. And so some guy is there and he goes, yes, come and follow me and bring your checkbook because it's always about getting something. And they start taking people from the truth, and start bringing them to themselves. And he says, this is how we know that it's the last hour, okay? For if they had been with us, they would have remained with us, but they left us. But verse 20 says, but you have been anointed. You see, Messiah means anointed one. There are people who are anti-Messiah, but you have been, in a sense, Messiahed. You have been anointed. You have the Spirit. And so you don't need to follow some other person who is saying they have the Spirit. No, you have the Spirit. You don't need more. You really just need to hold on to what you have. And that's what he's driving here, is that there is supposed to be this connection that you have, this friendship that you have, with the Messiah yourself. You see, they're not only denying that Jesus is the Messiah, they are denying everything that makes you now who you truly are. Because you have been anointed. Because of what Jesus has done, they take that away, they're taking away the core of what makes you who you are in Christ, in the anointed one. And so a lot is at stake here. You need to walk with the anointed one, the Messiah, because that anointing is yours and it's on you. And you see, if you give way to this, if you allow someone else to give you something else other than what Jesus has given you, it starts to eat like rust. It starts to corrode until it starts to, to decay the foundation. And, and so you're trying to live a life that is in connection with God, but you start eroding the things that are so important, and then pretty soon your life starts crumbling. Because what is the focal point? What is the focus? Starts getting out of focus. And you start living for less and not more. And so he, he calls them children because he's trying to deal with them as a father. And then he says in verse 24, let what you have heard from the beginning abide in you. And in these next three verses, he uses the word abide six times. We all know what the word abide means, right? I mean, it basically means to, to be with. It means to be alongside. It means to be a part of all those things. I mean, we think of abide and we have this understanding of what it means. But you see, John knew what it meant to abide with Jesus because that's what he did for three years. He would get up and he'd say, Jesus, where are we going? Jesus says, we're going to go over there. And then he'd say, okay, I guess we're going over there. And then Jesus said, okay, we're going to go over here. We're going to stay here. And he goes, okay, I guess we're going to stay. See, he actually was abiding with Jesus. He was daily living with Jesus, walking with Jesus. And it must have been amazing to see all of who Jesus was in those daily routines start to come out so that he knows what it's like to actually hear from the Spirit of God and then just do what the Spirit of God says. That's what Jesus did. That's what we did. I know what that life is and he's calling us into that life. But what really amazes me is this word let. Why is it the wrong one? I got it. Okay, there it is. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. You have to let it. You see, this implies that there is something powerful in it itself that is actually able to affect us. That if you will let the things that you've heard, what did we hear? It is the gospel. It is who Jesus is. He is the anointed one. What did he do? He gave himself ransom for you. He paid the price you couldn't pay. Let that story abide in you. Walk with that story. Let that story be your life story. And watch what happens. Let that story what you heard from the beginning, abide in you. Because that's where the power is. It's in this story of who Jesus is and of what Jesus has done. And so we're, we're looking for ways to stop making those same stupid decisions, to, to stop making the mistakes that we make, to, to try and follow after God and not a, a world that is apart from God. How do I do that? Well, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. Stay close to this story because this story is able to transform your life. And when someone comes up and says, no, you need more than this story, you got to hold on to the story. It doesn't mean there aren't things that can't help you, but let me tell you, what you need and what I need most of all is what Jesus offers. It's what Jesus gives, and that's what I need. More than anything, That is where my healing is found. That is where my strength is found. That's where my identity is found. You see, I am now his child. I'm now his friend. I am now in relationship with God. And he's calling us into this relationship with him so that we have that dynamic. So let what you've heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and they might have it to the full. He's come that we might have the life that God offers. Why? Because we are friends with the son. We are in him. And he doesn't want us to be deceived. And this is where there is truthfulness in friendship. You see, a friend is someone who will tell you the truth so that you can get better. You might have friends that always just tell you the nice thing, right? How's my hair look? Oh, it looks good. Right? got parts sticking out over here. Yeah, it looks fine. Is anything wrong with my mascara? No, it's good. They don't tell you why. Because they just want to, yeah, I don't want any trouble. I don't want to have to hurt your feelings. I don't want to have to deal with that. But a real friend will say, hey, you got something in your nose. It's kind of, every time you breathe, it's like floating in and out. (laughs) Right? A real friend will tell you that. The other person will just be looking at it like, wow, that's amazing. You know, there he goes. <laughs> you see, a real friend will tell you the truth because the truth is going to be helpful to you. And that's where John is right now. He wants us to abide in this story. He wants us to, to walk in this story because this story is where we get our identity, the anointing. You see, if anyone says that Jesus isn't the Messiah, if he's an anti-Messiah attitude, then they're taking from you because that's the anointing that's been given to you. It comes from Jesus. And so keeping us in line with this is so important. We, We all need guidance in life. We all struggle. I mean... There is not a school that is going to teach you how to live through everything that you will go to and go through. There is no counseling that will prepare you for marriage. Just letting you know. All the premarital counseling I've given, it wasn't enough. All the premarital counseling I had wasn't enough. No one told me. About this and I could tell you about this and it still wouldn't convey to you what all of this is and no one can prepare you for kids because your kids who knows what they're gonna be like right you might have one kid go oh this is easy and then your next child is Damien right it's like some (laughs) like whoa what happened here you know I thought I had this all figured out it's like boom blew the lid off of that no one can prepare you for that well how do you deal with that i don't know it depends on the kid It depends on the circumstances no one can prepare you for all the things that you are going to encounter in life no one can give you a step-by-step guide of what you need to do so what do i need to do you need to abide you need to stay close to the one who is anointed because that's where your anointing comes from. And so now you encounter something, your kid does something, something happens at work, something happens in your marriage. Boom, this happens. It explodes in your face, in your life. And you're wondering, how do I deal with this? Well, I can tell you this. If you're not walking with the anointed one, you're probably not gonna respond in an anointed way. I know this by experience. There have been so many times where I have just reacted to what has happened with my kids, to my wife, in work situations, because I'm angry, because I'm not thinking through this thing. I'm not saying, what would Jesus do? I'm just saying, I don't really care right now. This is what I'm going to do. And I respond because it feels right. I think this is what I want to do. I'm going to do this where if I was abiding, if I was walking where Jesus walked, if I was talking as Jesus talked, if I was recognizing the anointing of Christ in my life, I probably would have been a little bit quieter, a lot gentler, and much, much wiser. And so I find that I've made so many decisions when I wasn't abiding that have come back to bite me. And what I really need is to stay close, okay? Verse 27, but the anointing, there's that word again. Jesus was the anointed one, and the anointing that you received from him, it abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. Now, then what am I here for? If I don't need you to teach me, I'm going home going to go play Pokemon. What is he talking about? You don't need for someone else to bring you into this relationship with Jesus. All you need is Jesus. He can do that. You don't need someone to teach you how to be anointed. You already are if you are in Christ. Doesn't mean you can't grow, can't learn. We all can do that but you don't need to be taught how to get right with God. You just need Jesus to be able to get right with God. That's my grandson, by the way. (laughs) But the anointing, that's why it's okay. No, um, (laughs) but the anointing you receive from him abides in you. You have no need that anyone teach you, but as his anointing teaches you, about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it is taught you, abide in him. His anointing abides. His anointing is faithful. What we need to do is be faithful to that anointing. And I love this because at the very end here, verse 28 says, and now little children. Are you noticing this little children theme that keeps coming up? And I was thinking, man, this little children, I know John is aged. I know that he's older, but why is he saying now little children? And I started thinking about when my kids were little, not just babies, but when they were old enough to have relationship with, you know, discussion. You remember that change when at one point they're just kind of in their own little world, have their own little language, doing their own little thing, and all of a sudden they start talking to you it's like, whoa, it's a little person now. I'm having conversations with this kid. And they're asking me questions. And then it gets a little bit more difficult, right? Because then they disagree with you. And then they say, don't want to go to bed. No, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to do... This. And they start giving you tood, right? And so sometimes you give tood back. Don't leave me hanging there, okay? You you do, <laughs> You give chewed back, you know. And I can remember times where I'd be short with my kids. And don't judge me. I would lash out at them and I'd tell them to be quiet or I'd say something that was harsh to them. And then afterwards, you just, oh, that was terrible. I shouldn't have said that to them. And then you go back to them. And when you go to the kid, you know, you, you if it was an adult, if I would have said that to my wife, I would have gone back into the freezer, right? You know what I'm saying, right? You're picking up what I'm laying down. I would have gone into whatever room it was, and that room would have a chill in it, right? I'd walked in, okay, hey, hun, You go into the kids' room, and they're playing. And you say, son, hey, I'm sorry I yelled at you. You forgive me? That's it, right? And then they say, can we go get ice cream? And then you think, are they working me? (laughs) Or do they just want to go get ice cream? You see, because when I get hurt, the last thing I want to do is hang out with you. The last thing I want to do is spend time. If you cross me and you say, hey, you want to go out? It's like, not really. Not until we deal with some things. Not the kids. We okay? Yep. Want to get ice cream? Yep. There is this willingness to just go there. And I think of Mark when the children come to Jesus, right? And then the disciples, so much like us, start chewing them away. Hey, Get these kids out of here. And they start giving the kids back, this anti-Santa Claus kind of a thing. Like, we're not taking kids. We're not running some nursery here. Get these kids. We're here to save the world. Don't need these little children. They're going to get in the way. Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. Bring them here. Unless you receive me like one of these children, you can't be a part of what I'm building. Why? Because this child is accepting. Because this child is abiding. Because this child is walking with me. And that's what you need. That's what I need. And when he says, little children, abide in him. That's what kids do so, so well. Well they just want to be close until they're teenagers. (laughs) Then there's no map for that, right? But now abide in him, little children, so that when he appears, you may have confidence and not shrink away. We want to have that confidence and we can because the anointing abides with you. It's not there when you're good. It's not there when you say the right things or do the right things like some of these people there. It's there abiding in you. And see, when you go out on that Saturday night or you go to that place you shouldn't have gone or you do that thing you shouldn't have done and then Sunday comes and you think, I can't go to Sunday, I need space. Me and God aren't right right now. The last thing you need is space. The anointing abides on you. What you little child need to do is abide in that anointing. You need to get back there and say, yep, I'm here because this is where I need to be. This is how I need to walk. This is how I need to live. If we are going to have a relationship that is walking with and in line with what God wants, we have to abide like a child and recognize the amazing gift and amazing power that is, that is in that anointing. Let what you have heard from the beginning abide in you. Because that's where the power of God is able to change your life is by getting up and taking that step and making that one decision that's a little bit closer to the future that God wants to give you, the life that God wants to give you. And you take a step and you fall, get back up and abide because that anointing abides on you and it has not left you and it will not leave you and he will never leave you, he will never forsake you and he has done All that needs to be done for you that can bring you into this relationship with God. And don't let anything, anyone take that away. That is what John is saying. Anything else is a lie. I'm telling you right now, you got something in your nose. You need to get it cleaned up. Come on, let's go. I'm telling you right now, things aren't good. Let's get back on track and let's make it right. I'm telling you right now, this is where you need to be. And all you need to do is be there. I'm, guys, is that good news or what? Is that amazing? You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to memorize or do certain things. The anointing abides. On you. Now we just need to abide in it. And this is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the message we hold on to. This is the message that holds on to us. Let's pray. Lord, may we not make less or cheapen what you have done. May, may we not replace it for something that is not genuine. May we not give a false anointing or replace that anointing with knowledge or information or sensation. May we, we not replace this anointing with anything, but may we abide in it. And Lord, I know that there are people like me who are struggling, are at places in their life where things are difficult and they're wondering, what do I do? Where do I go from here? What is the decision I need to make? And Lord, may they recognize the first decision they need to make is to abide with you. That you would say to them, as John has said to us, and now little children, Abide in Him. Wherever you are, may you recognize that this anointing is still here for you, that this relationship is still here for you, that God is still here for you, and that you take that step towards Him, and that step towards Him moves you to every other step that you need to take. And for those who are struggling here this morning and these decisions and have maybe given over to fear or or given over to worry or or given over to desperation or even depression, Lord, I, I pray that right now that your spirit, your truth, your word would abide on them. They don't need anyone to teach them. They know the truth. You have revealed that to them. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them in this. This morning, if you are in a place where you have been struggling and you recognize that what you need is just to abide and you want to make a stand for that right now, I'm going to ask you to stand just so we can pray for you in that endeavor. Whatever that is, it's not a, a confession of something wrong. It's just a confession of what you want to do right So would you stand so that we can pray for you, Lord? I I lift up these people who are standing, Lord, who are struggling in these decisions or in areas. And if you're here and you're not sensing that God is with you, that you feel that God is far away and you, you just don't have this sensation that God is there, but you realize even this morning as John has written, his anointing abides on you. And you're going to acknowledge that his anointing is with you now, even though you felt far away. You are going to stand with the fact that God is near, that he is close, and you're going to believe what he has said. Would you stand to together with these others if that is you and you've been feeling separated from God from any reason? And maybe you're here this morning and you have not entered into a relationship with Jesus and you're wanting this that we're talking about where anointing is upon you and you want the anointing that Jesus offers, but you haven't really received it, but you know that's what you need. If that's you, would you stand with these who are standing? Father, you see those who are standing here, Lord, and we stand together asking for your strengthening, your power to work in and through us. Lord, we are grateful for your gift of Jesus to us. Lord may you continue the work in us as we abide in you. Let's all stand together and And now, little children, let what you've heard from the beginning abide in you. And when your heavenly Father that's him right now <laughs> asks you. To move forward, may your response be, yep, let's do this. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com